first and second Persian expeditions. In the course of time, most of the Greek states overthrew their tyrants. This was fortunate, for in the trouble that was coming upon them, the people of a state needed to stand together, and not to be ruled by some person who cared little for them or the country, if only he could keep his position as tyrant. This trouble was coming from the east. Just across the Aegean Sea was the country of Lydia. Here, and in the neighboring territories, the Greeks had founded colonies, and, as so many of the colonists had come from Athens and other Ionian cities, and were therefore of Ionian blood, the whole group of settlements became known as Ionia. These settlements had become prosperous and rich. It was easy to get rich in Lydia. That was the country in which King Midas was said to have lived when he received the power to turn into gold whatever he touched. The power which became abhorrent to him when his daughter was turned into a lifeless golden image. People said that the bottom of a river had been changed to gold because the golden touch had disappeared when Midas bathed in its waters. However that may be, the stream certainly did roll down golden sand. At first, the Lydians had not cared especially about their sea coast, and had made no objection to the settlements of the Greeks. But as the time passed, they began to realize that a kingdom ought not to be shut away from the sea by people of another nation. Ionia must at least admit that I am its king, declared the ruler of the Lydians, and he attacked Miletus, the largest and richest of the colonial cities. The attack ended peacefully. The city and the kingdom agreed to be good friends. The next Lydian king was Croesus. He laid siege to one colony, but rather gently, so as to do it no real harm. And soon not only that one, but all of the Ionian colonies agreed to acknowledge him as their king. Croesus was the richest ruler in Asia, and he was as generous as he was rich. He admired the Greeks, and liked them, and was always ready to do them favors. The Spartans once sent to buy gold of him to adorn the statue of a god. He gave them freely all that they needed. An Athenian had been kind to his envoys, and the grateful king led him into the royal treasure chamber and told him to take as much gold as he could carry. He was so good to the Delphians that they made him a citizen of the sacred place. The colonies were not pleased at losing their independence, but they had nothing to fear from so kindly a ruler. The time soon came, however, when they did have reason to be alarmed. Cyrus, king of the Persians, had overthrown Media, the land lying to the eastward of his kingdom, and was ready to attack Lydia. He invited the colonies to join him. Miletus did so, but the others refused. Croesus was defeated, and then Ionia had to yield. So it was that Greece lost the rich colonies of the Lydian coast, and before many years had passed, the Greeks began to fear for their own homeland. The Persian Empire, vast as it was, was not fast enough to satisfy Cyrus's son Cambyses, and when he became ruler he set to work to make it larger. He conquered Phoenicia and then swept along the African coast conquering Egypt and the Greek colonies lying to the west of it. The next king, Darius, was even more ambitious than Cyrus and Cambyses, and as soon as he had quieted some revolts, made a few fine buildings, and laid out some good roads, he too set out to enlarge his kingdom. First he turned to the east, and soon India had become a part of the Persian Empire. 
he had not forgotten the country that lay to the west, and before long he determined to try his hand in Europe. He had an old grudge against the Scythians, who lived in what is now southern Russia, so he started to conquer them. He crossed the Bosphorus and marched through Thrace and toward the north. He knew the Danube would be in his way, so he had sent his fleet to its mouth with orders to make a bridge of boats across it. Then over the Danube he went in pursuit of the Scythians. He might as well have chased the wind, for they had no towns to be destroyed, and they almost lived on their horses. They had a most exasperating fashion of keeping just in sight of the Persians, but never allowing them to catch up. The Scythians were enjoying themselves, but Darius was at his wit's end. Then the provoking Scythians sent him a present, a mouse, a frog, a bird, and five arrows. If the Persians are wise, said the envoy, they can find out the meaning for themselves. The mouse is of the earth, the frog of the water, the bird of the air, and the arrows signify warfare, mused Darius. This means that they are about to surrender. But one of his men did not agree. This is the meaning, he said. Unless, Persians, ye can turn into birds and fly up into the sky, or become mice and burrow under the ground, or make yourselves frogs and take refuge in the fens, ye will never make escape from this land, but die pierced by our arrows. Darius scorned the interpretation, but one day it came to pass that the Scythians and the Persians were really drawn up in line for battle when a hare started up, and the Scythians all rushed off in pursuit of the hare. Then said Darius to the interpreter, You were right, these Scythians despise us, and we will return to Persia. They set out on the return, but the Scythians went faster and came first to the bridge of boats. It was guarded by some of the Ionians who had surrendered to Darius. Break down the bridge, urged the Scythians, and then you may go home in peace. We will see to it that King Darius never makes war again. The Ionian leaders had been put by Darius in charge of some cities that he had conquered. One of them, Miltiades, said, Let us destroy the bridge, and then Greece will be forever free from the fear of Darius. No, objected Histaeus, the ruler of Miletus. If Darius is slain, we shall no longer be in command of his cities. The bridge was not destroyed, and Darius went home in safety. He had not subdued the Scythians, but he had forced many towns in Thrace and Macedonia to submit to him. Indeed, to the north, east, and south of Greece, all was in his hands, and to make matters even worse for the little country, the kingdom of Carthage in Africa was trying to get possession of the island of Sicily.